Hi, and welcome to the Soul Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. During your time here, you will step into your soul through enlightened conversations, meditations, and stories about healing. I started my own journey on this path long ago by earning a master's degree in counseling, becoming certified in regression and Reiki, and doing countless hours of work to raise my own vibration. It is my hope that you will see yourself reflected in me and in my guests and find self-awareness or a healing method that will propel you further on your own path. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves. We are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Join me every Tuesday to feel more in touch with the beautiful soul that you are. Are you curious about balancing yourself, using the wisdom of the stars and the secrets of the earth? I know I am, and my guest today, Casey Denae, is going to share all about that. But before we begin, I have a very special announcement. My new self-guided course called Cultivating Abundance is going to be available for purchase this Thursday, January 28th, 2021. I could not be more excited about this program. This is a seven-day self-guided journey through your inner and outer worlds by way of the chakra system, a look at what the stars have to say about your superpower to creating abundance, journal prompts that identify and dissolve any blocks or barriers, an oracle card or tarot spread, and meditations that are infused with holy fire reiki and sound healing to catapult you to the next level. This course includes a 20-page workbook and over 100 minutes of guided meditation for only $99. Click the link in the show notes below to purchase starting on January 28, 2021. I am so excited for you to be a part of this course that I have created. It is self-guided. You can take your time. Once you purchase this, it is yours forever. But for now, let's jump into this week's episode. As I mentioned, Casey Denae is an astrologer and herbalist who combines the wisdom of the plants and the stars to help women access their innate gifts, identify and remove blocks, and clarify what steps they need to take right now to live their most incredible life. When she's not teaching courses or helping clients, she's working on her family farm in West Virginia. We talk about ways to use your natal chart and herbs to bring you back into balance, the connections between Ayurveda and astrology, the beauty and the difficulty in finding forgiveness for yourself and others. I have personally had a session with Casey and I can tell you that she is absolutely incredible and knows what she's talking about. So let's dive right into this episode. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for being here. I'm so excited to have you. You have a really interesting spin on astrology that I can't wait to dive into. I know some about herbalism, but not much. I know much more about astrology myself, so I'm interested to hear about how you intertwine these things. So let's go ahead and just have you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do. Okay, well, first off, I'm so honored to be here. So grateful to be here on the show with you. So what I do is actually combining, I like to think of it as the stars are your map to your journey, right? It's, it's 
how you're going to get where you're going. And plants are like friends that get to go along the way, you know, or tools that get to go along the way. There's certain chapters in our lives that on a physical level or on um, a spiritual level, plants can be there to kind of get us through certain periods with a little bit more grace and ease. So most of my work is focused on how can people take the season of the life that they're in right now and make the most out of it and take even their most challenging times and make them just a little bit easier, a little bit more graceful, which I think we all love, right? <laughs> or all wants. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who would not want that, honestly? How did you get into this work? How did you decide that astrology was for you? And how did, uh, they're probably two separate stories, your, your journey with astrology and your journey with herbalism, but how did you kind of even come into this realm at all? My moment with astrology, because astrology was even out there for me, like, you know, plans I could make sense of, holistic medicine I could make sense of, but, I, you know, I was coming from a very logical, rational childhood, grown-up years, and my moment with astrology was I felt like it was such a powerful tool, and I felt so called to it, but I was so unsure, and so I was sitting at my coffee shop, and I was like, listen, okay, I need a glaringly clear sign that this is an important part of my path, that I'm supposed to be doing this. And about a week later, a, the barista at the coffee shop goes, hey, you need to meet this guy. I say, okay, cool, why? He goes, he, he does things like you. So I go up and meet this guy and he shakes hands with me and he goes, oh, you need to meet Dorothy. And now I live in a small town in West Virginia, very small town, 2000 people, we're in the mountains. It's very, um, what I do is not very well received. And he goes, Dorothy's an astrologer from DC. She's been doing this for 53 years. Wow. Do you want to meet her? And let me see if she wants to meet you. And so another week goes by and I'm sitting in the same coffee shop. And this woman comes in with her, her walking chair, clear as day. And she sits down next to me, or walker, sits down next to me. And she goes, do you have your chart? I was like, yeah, okay. And I hand her my chart. And she looks over it for like four minutes, dead silent. Doesn't say hi, not how are you doing? Not hi, I'm Dorothy. She goes, she finally looks up and she goes, our sons are at the same degree and my son is conjunct Saturn. I'm supposed to teach you everything I know. Are you prepared for that? And of course, you know, like the inside of me just explodes. I'm like, yes, what do you need? <laughs> like, how do we go? Like, what? what? <laughs> yes. And so of course, you know, I know not, I mean, I couldn't ask, obviously, for a clear sign. And from there, I, I spent, she, she's done, she's been in this for 53 years um, and continuously learning. So twice a week, I sit down with her. And so I got even further into medical astrology and esoteric astrology and um, just this huge resource in my life that said, hey, you're where you're supposed to be, <laughs> you know? And I'm still so grateful. She's, we actually have, like, our sons are at the same degree. So we both have birthdays at the same time. So I still have her and I still have my classes and I'm still learning. And I'm so eternally grateful for that. Um, not only for the learning, but to have someone with so much life experience be a part of my life. Oh my gosh. What an incredible story. <laughs> I mean, you asked for a clear sign and she walked right into your life. <laughs> right in, right in. And I mean, I called it my, I always loved, um, what was it? Karate Kid growing up. And I just say that she Mr. Miyagi'd me. <laughs> Um, very much so. So it just was, it just, 
I'm so grateful for the experience and I'm so grateful that the sign was that clear, like <laughs> that clear yeah. for sure. I've asked for, for sure. clear signs before. <laughs> not gotten something like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, well, I have to say I'm pretty stubborn. So like, you know, if you're going to get through to me, <laughs> it's got to be like the glaring neon lights <laughs> for sure. Yeah. To have her take you under her wing. I mean, that's such a gift to, I mean, anyone with any kind of experience more than you have is a treasure, but someone who's been doing it like their whole life, that's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I regularly, I've been brought to tears, been brought to just, um, and you know, it also adds a certain level of, um, responsibility to it, you know, because mm -hmm. you don't. And also as we've moved on, you know, I'm inheriting her books, her, her, all of the things that were in her library, all of her notes, all of her everything. And, you know, part of that is also going, okay, not only do I have responsibility to try to be as helpful as I can with the tools that I've been given and the resources I've been given, but also how can I most effectively pass this on to other people? How can I, how can I share this in a way that is both, um, honoring the richness of, of those 50 years and the astrologers that came before her, but also in a way that brings it up to speed with the modern world and with modern women, especially, and the challenges that they're facing. So I just think it's really beautiful though, that you are passing this on and that you are thinking about the legacy that you are going to lead. What a beautiful lineage that you get from her to pass this on to someone else eventually, or even just in your work that you're just sharing this with more people than she could have. We're in a different right. time, right? We have social media and you can reach so many more people than she was probably able to. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think part of the legacy piece is, you know, I talk about all the time of when we're looking at skills that are timeless, right? Astrology was just as relevant today as it was 2000 years ago. Herbalism's just as relevant today as it was 2000 years ago and hopefully will be 2000 years in the future. You know, and I think the amount of security that that provides people, you know, not only in I mean it's amazing to have as a tool in your own life as you're growing, you know, but our lives don't end, you know, that's just one chapter of our life. We also end into the closing chapter and that's a third of our lives and it's about what we can give back and it's about how we can remain relevant in, an, in a rapidly changing world. How fast things have changed since I, you know, you and I, I think I grew up with dial up. I can only imagine what my grandchildren's world is going to look like. And just knowing that anytime we're dealing with the esoteric or the spiritual or the questions of the soul, those stay relevant no matter how much the exterior world changes. And that's kind of what allows us to not only remain relevant to ourselves, because that is important, you know, you want to be able to give something to other people when you get to that age, but it also, like I said, it, it gives you a deeper position and meaning to that last third of your life when you can give back in that way. Absolutely. And you are combining two really timeless elements. How did you come to decide to sort of combine astrology with herbalism? Yeah, it came, it was from the very beginning. From the absolute beginning, I learned them side by side as part of my journey. Like they came to me at the same time and were very much instrumental in my own healing. And 
I needed to have that guide, but I was also at a point in my life where <laughs> I really needed support. Like I really needed help in my health and my mental health. And that was where the plant stepped in. So it was something that I was doing side by side the whole way. Um, and it wasn't until I found actually Sandra Apopham of evolutionary herbalism. And he was the first one that I stumbled upon that was combining them together. And it gave me so much freedom because I was like, oh my gosh, these don't have to be two separate things. They go hand in hand. You know, each of us have our own people on the path that are like guideposts that, you know, just totally click everything into place. And that was such a gift to me to have that resource because it totally flipped my world upside down and was like, it finally gave me the freedom to combine these modalities in a way that felt most helpful to myself and to the people in my life. And I couldn't imagine any other way now. <laughs> it's built into who you are, right? I mean, that it feels aligned with your soul. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and it's just, it's something that's so exciting. Like it feels like you know, I'll sit down and I feel like I, I know so much, you know, and I sometimes I surprise myself as I'm creating courses and things. And then I'll go and I'll look at something. I'll look outside my window and, you know, every season's a new plant or, you know, there's always new stars and just, you know, because we have fixed stars, everything else. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's no way I could even learn 1%, you know, and that's exciting because it means I'm never going to stop being curious. I'm never going to be like, oh, well, I know it all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I think that's something that, again, talking about as we get into our later years of our lives, you know, having devotion to something that never ends is um, just startlingly beautiful and exciting to me. Absolutely. It's kind of, um, it reminds me of Sagittarius energy is kind of that speaker, <laughs> that wanderer, right? The collector of all truths. Um, right. You have uh, Sagittarius like any, in any major placement on your chart. I know we all have all the signs, but. Right. No, I'm actually completely devoid in Sagittarius. Really? <laughs> I'm, but I'm actually, but as you may notice throughout the whole theme, theme of my life is, is legacy and building a legacy and collecting wisdom. And I'm a Scorpio. So Scorpio comes just before Sagittarius. So kind of like the next step. So that feels really good on honoring my evolution, actually, <laughs> that you see that in me. Mm, oh yeah, I can definitely see, I can hear it in the way you're talking about it. It just reminds me of that. So tell me a little bit more about your story. So how, how has astrology helped you heal some things? How has herbalism helped you heal things? I know that's a huge question, but I'd <laughs> love to dive into what it's done for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to heal not only my body, but I had to heal so many stories that I picked up both from my family, from trauma, from society, where I wasn't living in a good way for me at all. You know, I spent so much time trying to be focused on the reasonable and the rational. Like I thought I was going to be a lawyer, um, you know, and so much it was everything. Like I needed it to be fact-based, scientific, straight line, you know, no room for intuition. You know, when I started getting into my chart, it was like, oh, that's not my world. <laughs> you know, that's not my world at all. And you start to see all of these places where, you know, I, I spent years in therapy trying to be like, okay, where, where do I have, where am I conditioned improperly? And it wasn't coming up, you know, like it would be like five years later, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. You know, whereas when I was in astrology, it was like, oh, here's the glaringly obvious places where I'm not serving myself. So, but my actual, like my story of, you know, I had the, the dark night of the soul, the, the, the big, the big piece of where this is about five and a half, six years ago now. 
I was on 13 different prescription medications. I was told that I needed to apply for disability, that I would be um, chronically sick for the rest of my life, that I needed to have a major surgery, that I would need to continue having surgeries, and that I would probably need to be on painkillers for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. And I, you know, I couldn't leave my house, you know, I couldn't wake, you know, it was just my, my life. When I say miserable, that's an understatement, you know? And I woke up one day and I went, this cannot be it. I was like, I was like, this cannot be it. <laughs> this cannot be my story. Like just an absolute rejection. And so, you know, luckily I'd had some like previous, when I was 16 and had previous surgeries, I had read the, um, oh, The Secret where that was like my first introduction into this world. And so luckily I had that little piece of a framework to go, okay, what if I didn't believe what I'm being told? You know, what if I believed? And so I wrote it down and I made a promise to myself that I would believe that my life was made for something more like a deeper purpose and more meaningful and that healing was possible. And so every day for a month, I was like, nope, that's not my story. We're going to fix this on so many different levels pieces just started falling into place. And one of those pieces was we have this amazing indoor flea market. And I went one weekend and I found a book on Ayurveda, which included herbalism. And then I found a book on astrology. And I just kind of like, it just felt so pivotal to where I was in that moment in my life. And I just kind of got ravenous. You know, it was like, I got one piece and I couldn't stop and I couldn't stop. And during that time also, all of these other different synchronicities came in. You know, one of my doctors recommended me to a physical therapist before I had the surgery. You know, it was like all of these did, like when I opened up that in my own mind, alternatives came for me. Physically, herbalism helped so much for me to correct my own imbalances and recognize where pain was muscle pain and, and trauma memory versus, you know, it's such a big thing. <laughs> And uh, the herbalism, though, helps me to, it was the most profound shift of being able to have physical pain and physical changes in my body and in my constitution. But then I started noticing that it was helping me on a, a mental and spiritual level too, you know? And that was like when the light bulb like clicked for me of like, oh, the potential here, you know, the potential for healing. It's so interesting because my first herbs that I began on this, on this list, and I think a lot of people who are coming from extreme amounts of trauma, um, especially when it's it, or physical trauma or um, trauma that produces anxiety, PTSD, you know, I began with like skullcap and valerian, which are all these nourishing nervous system herbs. And now that I'm going into it, you know, I, I thought when I went into it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to be on Skullcap for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that didn't feel like true either. And I was so amazed at how much herbs really became like a friend on the journey. And, you know, Valerian was such a big part of my, the beginning steps of my journey. And now I, I haven't taken Valerian in four years. It, it's kind of like when you learn that lesson, when you get that ally, you, it helps you to learn a specific lesson. And once it's in there, you don't necessarily have to learn it again. And so, you know, the herbs that I use to support me now are so totally different than the ones that supported me in the beginning. And I think that's one of the things when people are getting into herbalism or even when people are getting into astrology, they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. I need to know everything. And I always encourage people like, no, you don't need to know everything. 
just find one piece, you know, find one piece and you'll be amazed at how much that can carry you and how much you'll learn from just that one thing. You allow it to work and shift things in your life and, and it'll carry on. Um, it'll unfold naturally how it's supposed to. That advice is so brilliant because there's so much to learn about astrology and I don't know much about herbalism. I know like the bare minimum, (laughs) but you're right. right. Like focusing on just one piece of it and allowing to see how that ripple effects through your life and what changes that makes will only drive you to want to learn more, learn more, learn more. And it's okay if it takes years and years and years, Mm -hmm. you don't have to focus on it all the time, but you can just see the small benefits, right? It's just so fascinating. So tell us a little bit more about your herbs. What herbs do you really like to use right now? And how do you use them? Do you grind them up? Do you take a tincture? Like how, you know, what is your favorite methodology? Right now, whenever I'm working, I, I, my biggest thing is working on balancing my constitution. And this is something you can actually use your astrology chart with as well. Um, And I use the elements as a good guidepost. So I'm an extra, I have a lot of water in my chart. And this shows up in my body of on a very physical level and a very um, practical, like uh, not just mental, but like spiritual level. So I know I'm imbalanced when bad side is like bacterial infections or like, you know, I'm getting like too many sinus infections and getting sick. But also when I am procrastinating and I can't have, I don't have any motivation. I just want to be like couch locked and don't want to do anything. Those are big warning signs that for me, I'm in balance. And that means when I'm out of balance, my whole life's out of balance. It's not just body, it's mental, spiritual, physical, all everything. So I use a lot of herbs to help bring myself into balance. And so one of them is nettles, which is, it's both really high mineral content, but it is also a diuretic. So it literally helps to move out water. And it also is considered a Mars plant. And Mars is our planet of motivation and getting things done. Um, so I use that very, um, it's very safe to use consistently. Um, but it also is my like, okay, let's get up, let's get moving, let's get things going. And then another one that I work with through my winter months is, you know, you add into being a high water person, or this is also a lot of people who are heavy in earth in their chart, or so Capricorn, Virgo. <laughs> I swear I know these. I don't know why I'm freezing right now. <laughs> Capricorn, <Taurus>. Virgo, and Taurus. <laughs> So anybody with those, you know, winter can be really hard. You know, it can be a really hard season. So I make a point to use solar herbs, like St. John's wort is one of my favorites, in very low doses as, as a tincture. So nettles I use as a tea, just because it tastes good and absorbs more of the mineral content when you drink it as a tea. Whereas with the St. John's wort, I use tinctures. So Honestly, most of the time when I'm trying to figure out how I want to use a plant is as how well it tastes. Like <laughs> if it tastes good, I'll drink it as a tea. If it tastes icky, I'm just going to do a tincture. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to mess around. That's valid. I feel like that's valid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're no good if you're not taking them. If it tastes like ick, you're like, I'm not drinking that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. So this is similar to Ayurveda in that you want to look at your astrology chart and kind of see how much of each element you have, right? And then try to bring that back into balance. And I've done several episodes on Ayurveda too. So my listeners yeah. can go back and, and check those out if they're interested in really diving deep into that. But that's, is that generally how you kind of do that? 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You have the doshas of Ayurveda, which is breaking down the elements. And then from there you have tissue states. So somebody who is kapha dosha tends to be more moist. Um, they're either, they either hold on to moisture or they releasing too much moisture a lot of times. And so those are both, and then when you go into the chart even further, you look at somebody who's got a lot of moon energy or they're going through a heavy moon transit or Neptune or Jupiter produce those in the body. If you have two people who are kappa and have too much water in their chart and you're looking to try and decide like, is this somebody who has excess moon or is this someone who has excess Jupiter, for example? There's often a mentality and there's also like a, like a spiritual struggle that's going on simultaneously as you're dealing with any physical issues or anything else. And somebody who's struggling with excess Jupiter is going to have different mental spiritual struggles than somebody who has excess moon. You know, the moon is going to be somebody who's not trusting themselves, who's really wanting to tap into their intuition and just not feeling like they can do it. You know, there's a lot of struggles around balancing the emotions. And, you know, of course, I believe being an emotional being is, is highly important. But when it's throwing off your whole life because you can't do what you want to do because your emotions are so all over the place, you know, obviously bringing that into check is going to be something different. Whereas somebody who has excess, excess Jupiter has a hard time, like, with overconsumption, whether that's food or drinking or going out too much, whatever their idea of like chasing the feeling of expansion, chasing the feeling of like riding the high, even though maybe they're in a contractive period and they need to be in a contractive period. Excess Jupiter shows up a lot in someone who's like, I want to start the business and I want to go do this. And I have such big dreams, goals, hopes, and ambitions, and I know it's going to be real. And then you go, okay, well, what have you done? And they're like, oh, well, I haven't taken any steps yet. And you're like, that's wonderful. We need to find a way to, to allow you to utilize that optimism and then bring in, I would call it Saturn, constructive, disciplined action. It takes Ayurveda and the physical and the mental and everything combines it together. And this is actually the traditional way that astrology was used. And the reason why, at least in the Western world we still have astrology is because it was taught to our first physicians. It wasn't until the late, around the 1800s, that physicians stopped using astrology with their clients. Wow, so. I did not know that. That is wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you're wondering if someone has an excess of say Jupiter, because you were just using that example. Can you right. see that in their chart that they have excess Jupiter? Or is it something that you kind of tease out from talking to them about, you know, how Jupiter shows up in their life? It's both. You know, I've written a lot of blog posts on how to see if this is so showing up for you. Because when you're looking at a chart as a professional, you can pick up on it. Can you pick up on it necessarily in your own chart all the time? Maybe not. The first place you start is what element do you have an excess of? And then going from there, you know, if you have a moon, if you have excess water and then you have your moon in one of the water signs, it's probably likely that you have a moon issue, you know, <laughs> not issue, but you have imbalance. You know, it, nothing is an issue. Nothing is a problem. There are no bad things in a chart. It's only how you respond to it. But it's also what's going on for you in transits. You know, there are certain transits that you go under where you're picking up extra of that energy. 
for example, when anything crosses for, for the real hardcore astrology buffs out there, when anything crosses your North node, you're picking up on an excess of that energy, which when it's the sun or Mercury, when it's something that zips over it, you know, you just have a great couple of days, but when it's Saturn who brings in coldness and depression and contraction, and you go through that period and you're like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> you know? It's so much easier to be able to go in and be like, oh, I've just got too much of this energy. And, and then, you know, you can start remedying it. You can start balancing it. Having supportive allies, supportive herbs, and supportive activities. Even if you're someone who's not into herbs and you're like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> you can balance these energies through basic activities. Something as simple as, you know, if you're somebody who has excess earth and is cold and depressed um, or has... When I'm saying depressed, I mean like your organ functions depressed and just you just kind of kind of like the Eeyore, you know, <laughs> like I'm not saying if you have like clinical depression, I'm, I'm saying, you know, like the, the Eeyore syndrome, you know, being able to get outside, getting warm, exercise, making movement can be such a dramatic shift. And, you know, I think when we know we need to make a change, we start looking at all of these other people and then we think, oh my gosh, I've got to change like 20 things in my life. And that's not realistic. And then that can further kind of exacerbate the problem. Um, whereas when you're able to know which way you're leaning towards one way or the other, you're able to go, okay, I know two things that are for sure going to help me that I can do right now. And it just gives you that boost of like, yeah, I got this, <laughs> you know? So I have a question for you just about my own chart and I'm going to use myself as an example. So I am taking your course that you offered, your how to read a natal chart course. And yeah. I am really balanced in fire and earth. You had us tally up, you know, some mm -hmm. points. And I have one more point of earth than fire, but they are very close. I have no air and I have okay. some water. So what do you recommend for people who are kind of balanced between two signs like that, who are really close? You bring in some of those other elements that are not as prominent in your chart. When you have a balance, it's a good thing. Basically, when your fire and earth are balanced, you have the ability to be like passionate about something and then go, I'm going to go constructively find a way to start doing this. You know, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is what, what would be calling more to my attention in that is it's what you're lacking a lot of times more than what you have. It, and it tends to be opposite. Like you're lacking in one and then you tend to have an excess in one, right? Okay. Those ones in the middle are always going to be like your allies of like, this is where I'm good. Your lacking in air would be something that would come up time and time again, because it means, you know, yes, you're stable and you're consistent, but it can also mean that you, you have to be constantly checking in to go, am I staying in my comfort zone when it's uncomfortable? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. is it time for me to grow and I don't feel safe to make changes and I don't feel safe to, you know, you kind of get in a routine and it doesn't always serve you. So it's just constantly going, okay, how do I get to a place where I'm okay with making changes? I'm okay with pushing outside my comfort zone. And a lot of it would be with air. We're always looking at like mindset work. You know, it's, it's not necessarily physical circumstances. It's just like, okay, how, what story am I telling myself and is it still serving me? That would be the biggest thing in your chart to, to be mindful of. <laughs> okay. Interesting. For those listening, Casey has you kind of add up your major planets 
and tally them up and kind of see where they fall within those elements. But she doesn't include things like Chiron and the North Node. You don't tally those up. So those I have in Gemini. So it's like, I don't have any air sign. So it's like my chart is pushing me in that direction. Like you need Mm -hmm. to heal that. You need to grow in that way. So I just find it so like crazy how astrology works. It just... (laughs) It's amazing. It's incredible. It's like, I have no air. I have, because I have to go that direction. I have to learn that. Right. Is your North node on your left or your right of your chart? But you know, so for example, if it was on the right side of your chart, you know, it's really important for you to have conversations with other people to stimulate that air element in yourself. So our charts, when it, when you're talking about it being that direction that you need to add in, you know, there's so many other cues of like, okay, how do you go in and get it? How, how's the best way to bring this in our lives? Cause sometimes we don't have it because, or at least have it naturally is because we're bringing our own energy to something. We're bringing something new to other people. We really lift up fire and earth energy in our society. And so especially those people who are in water energy or even in the air energy, because it doesn't tend to be consistent, (laughs) is understanding that your gifts are in what you do have. Of course, balance things, but also, you know, find a way to honor your own flow. You're not missing anything per se. You know, you are exactly how you're supposed to be. You are carrying massive gifts that you need to bring to the world. Um, And it's just about trying to find that way to bring it fully, you know, be able to bring forth as much as you can. I don't think your worth is in your productivity, but, you know, being able to bring forth that soul into a living embodiment kind of deal. I've been feeling this theme so much lately in a lot of my meditations and things that I'm reading that like our society teaches us that there are things that are wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with us. Even the things that might be seen as a flaw or as a challenge in our lives, they still make you who you are and they still put you on your path. And I think that's the beautiful thing about astrology is that it, it really kind of normalizes all of that stuff. And it makes you feel so validated when you read something in your chart and you're like, Oh my God. Yes. I do (laughs) feel like that. (laughs) You know? Do you get that experience a lot with your clients? Like, do you, can you see them just the relief coming over them of like, oh, that's my permission slip to be who I am, you know? Yes. Yes. And actually the the number one thing that I end up saying in most of my sessions is people will always go, oh my gosh, I've known that I've had that little voice. I've wanted to do that. And I'm like, as I'm sitting here, as I'm telling you, if I'm telling you it's in your chart, it's in your stars, it's how it's supposed to be. If you already knew it, how can we more quickly get you to trusting your own intuition? How can you start, how do we make that voice louder so you can move faster so you don't have to be in these periods of doubting yourself? And this is so true with women is I, I work with so many incredible women and their number one thing tends to be doubting their gifts and doubting that they're meant for more and doubting that they, who's going to listen to me? For everyone out there listening, there is somebody there who needs you. There is somebody there who is, you You may not feel like it, but there's somebody who's 10 steps behind you or two steps behind you that needs your wisdom, needs what you know, and needs your gifts. So, you know, the sooner that you can trust yourself, the sooner you can help other people. And it's incredible. <laughs> I feel you know? that so, so fully. I think there are so many, I don't know if it's societal or if it's you know, cultural, I mean, it's all of these things that I'm listing, 
but it's also what our souls are coming into work on. Women are coming mm-hmm. in right now and, and we are part of some massive group of souls who are here to work on speaking our voice and saying our truth. And so whatever that means for you, it can be through writing, it can be through podcasting, it can be through blogging, it can be through social media, it can be in the relationships that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, but I just, there's, there's such a huge theme right now of women just kind of coming out and there's a lot of divine feminine energy really supporting that and stuff in the stars. It's, it's like aligning for us. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, for so long that it it was, it meant to be feminine, to be in your feminine meant to be less than, and I, what I see women realizing and, and coming to, and what I came to in my own was my feminine is deeply powerful, scarily powerful, (laughs) you know, if you get real and honest with yourself. So I love seeing women waking up to that and going, oh my gosh, I am hugely, wildly, messily powerful. And I'm going to bring all of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to dim. I'm not going to quiet. I'm not going to, um, stop creating or be small. I'm going to bring it. And I like, we need it. I love to see it. I'm clapping, (laughs) you know, it's beautiful. It is. And I think for men, it's a time of really drawing men into their feminine energy Mm -hmm. of speaking into their emotions and being more intuitive and not having to push so hard to be such a provider and to allow themselves to receive and, and love Mm -hmm. and take care of their families in a different type of way than Mm -hmm. um, what they've been pushed to do. Do you see some of that coming up in your readings as well? For sure. Well, I do a lot of, um, when it comes up with relationships is I see a lot of, um, and this is of course, you know, men, obviously not all men have a higher uh, quantity of divine masculine, but I see so many men who, who want to step into divine masculine and had just didn't know that was possible and, and didn't know how to hold the space because it's like when they can't hold the space for themselves, they can't hold their space for their partner. And so you know, one of the things I always describe when, with these two energies is it's like the divine masculine is supposed to stand in the circle and look outside at the world and like, I'm going to keep an eye out here. And then the women are in there bringing the space, bringing the energy, holding it down. And then one of them screams or laughs or, you know, we've got these big, big feelings, you know, big. And then some guy turns around and goes, oh my gosh, what is it? Can I help? And you're like, no, <laughs> that's dangerous. Go make sure we're okay. Like, let, let us work. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I see a lot of, um, men who have a lot of freedom in being able to go, I, I understanding emotional availability, not fixing, not, not getting in there, but just understanding what's needed is emotional availability for themselves and for, for the, the people in their lives, not just the women, but the people in their lives, like how to be a space holder. Absolutely. I know in my marriage, something I've really learned to do is just to straight up tell my husband, I'm going to tell you about something right now. And I really don't want you to try to fix it or solution. Like (laughs) I I tell him that in advance so that when I like, (laughs) when it all comes pouring out of my mouth, he knows I don't want him to try to fix this. Like, I just want to tell you about it. (laughs) That's all I want to do. And being upfront and honest helps them to know like, okay, I don't have to problem solve right now, you know? Mm Exactly. (laughs) So much so. I I got very lucky in my relationship because he seemed like keenly aware of that. Like if if he, because he he knows what he can fix and he knows what I have to fix myself. 
and help me be responsible for my own healing. And they're like, you know, I was like, that's, I'll hold, I've got the, you know, you need a hug, you need some tea, you need, you need someone to listen. I got you. That's your problem though. You're going to have to figure out how to get out, <laughs> which I, I deeply respect and I'm so grateful for now. That cracks me up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I was not comfortable in the beginning. I mean, we, we yeah. both grew from that, from that <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> He's like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. If you need a hug, I've got you. You want to sure. watch TV? I'll watch whatever movie you want, but I cannot do anything. <laughs> well, you know what is crazy is that I pick, so I draw a card every episode and I always pick the deck beforehand and okay. I really felt called to pick my goddess power oracle and i feel like this goes so nicely <laughs> with the divine feminine piece that we just brought in yeah. which is not something i really thought we were gonna talk about so yep. beautiful that, right <laughs> so amazing. synchronistic okay interesting so the card that came up is number seven and i don't know how to say her name i think it's bron bronwen maybe branwen branwen forgiveness Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what she has to say for us. So I'm going to pull her up and I'll just, I like to read just directly out of here and then we can kind of see what this means for us right now. Okay. So this deck is by Colette Baron Reed and she says, sometimes life invites us into conditions that challenge us to the core. As the Celtic goddess Branwen forgave those who caused her own death by a broken heart, she asks you to set yourself free from the seeds of resentment that will surely choke the life out of your dreams. We are wounded by others and weave stories about our hurts and losses that live on in our hearts and minds. We come to distrust the potential of love and connection. No matter what your story or when it began, forgiveness is the key to freedom here. Forgiveness allows for mending and repair, inviting the heart to give and receive. If you need to forgive others or yourself, now is the time to do it. Keep your heart open and you can begin again. Only beauty, freedom, and treasures are found in the spirit of forgiveness. The goddess Branwen is here to support you. Mm, beautiful. beautiful, huh? Yes, for sure. How does that resonate with you? I always have to be, you know, I think forgiveness is such a thing, especially in today's world where we talk, you know, like, don't forget, you know, it's, it's almost like toxic to forgive. And, you know, I, it's something that comes up for me a lot because I had to forgive. I didn't have to forgive. I forgave for me. You know, I had some extreme harm caused to me on a physical level. Um, just like a really, a really traumatic story, if you will. It wasn't until I was able to forgive that. And, and for me, forgiveness meant I have a, I have a little, it's, it's silly. I have a prayer tree. <laughs> so I go and I, I go there and I, I leave offerings to the winter and I feed my birds there. And that's where I go specifically to pray for other people. And when I was able to pray for the people who hurt me and, 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 and pray for their own healing, because especially in my own story, you know, I know the people who hurt me were hurt themselves. And it, it didn't start with them, you know, and it's like when you, when you can point it back through generations and generations, you know, where did it start? You know, what's the root of it? Right. And it took me, I think 
three weeks of like deciding this and then going like until I could get it out. Like I was so shocked that it just would not come out. <laughs> and then when it did, you know, it was like, I finally, my body finally let go, you know, and it was like the triggers let go. Like it, it stopped being something that was tender and raw and hurt. And I thought I was forgiving for them. And so much was, you know, I, you know, you see this all the time, like you forgive for you, don't forgive for them. And I, that didn't make sense to me until I did it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I was at peace and I could not close that chapter, you know, cause it's still there. You can go back and read the chapter, but I can go back and read the chapter without hurting and realize it's not going to be defining the whole story, you know? And that was so freeing for me mm-hmm. so much. I have a very, very similar story. I have trauma from my childhood too. And I think the moment that it switched for me was when I stopped pointing at that as a blame marker. Like, oh, that's the reason why I am this way. Or that's the reason why I have self-worth issues. That's the reason why this. It became just something that happened in my past that I actually became grateful for. It wasn't so much that I was blaming it. Like, that's why I am the way I am. It was more like, thank you for giving me these qualities. This is the way that I am because of that. And I wouldn't be this way without it. So it was kind of the same mentality, but mentality, but a very different lens. And I hope that is making sense and coming across. Oh yeah. That's really when it shifted for me too. So yeah, it's a forgiveness is a heavy, heavy thing. And it's a difficult thing because you, sometimes you think you've done it and you really haven't done it, you know? Right. It's tricky. Right. It very much so. You know, it's one of the things for me as I wrote my story, I wrote or worked with a woman, Leah Lamb, who helps you write your story in a mythological perspective. And so in my story, one of the things was the the trauma is it becomes a stone. And the longer you carry it concealed, the heavier it grows. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole journey in this. And one of the things was asking a circle of grandmothers, you know, what what was the part, what was the reason for the stone? Why the stone? And it's so you'll wake up. So you'll remember, you know, so that you remember that there's something more meaningful. You'll remember your gifts because just like when we're too comfortable, we don't reach for more, you know? And, and so at least in my own life, you know, I know another part of my journey hearing that right now, what I just said would have been so deeply triggered. (laughs) I would have, you know, so I think that it's when you're ready for that. And and if you ever become ready for that, you know, it's, it's there. It really is the, the key to unlocking some really beautiful parts of yourself. I agree. But I love that you didn't shame anyone in that. Like it's, I never want anyone to listen to this and think, oh, wow, they're at that place. And I should be at that place. No. Yeah. Ever to get there. And you may not ever get there, like you said, and that's all right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're all on a different, and you know, the thing is, is there's always going to be, no matter where you feel like you are, like, even if you feel like you're not far enough ahead, you may not realize that there's person two steps behind you that's going, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that she's there because I believe I can get there too. You know, we're all just, what is it? The Ram Das, we're all just walking each other home, but we're holding hands, you know, and where you are in the quote unquote line, it's not a line, it's a spiral anyways, you know, <laughs> you're holding someone's hand, you're helping them through and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. We've gotten into so much rich content today and I thank you for yeah. being so vulnerable and sharing your story. And if anyone is listening to this and is like, I have to have a reading with Casey, I need her help. <laughs> Where can people yeah. find you? 
you can find me online at kcdanae.com, K-A-C-Y-D-A-N-A-E. And you can also find me on Instagram at kcdanae. And I do one-on-one sessions with people, especially if you are looking for uh, to find your purpose. And especially if you want to turn that into a business, I'm your girl. And I also teach. So if you are interested in learning more in astrology, I have more and more courses coming out every month um, so that you can go deeper into your own chart. Love it. I highly recommend her courses. I'm taking one myself and it's, I've said it before, but it is solid gold, baby. I mean, it's really, really good. So thank you. Take it. Thank if you. you're listening. <laughs> you're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you so Let's, much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a real pleasure. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at thesoulrisingpodcast.com or at the underscore soul rising podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.